What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. In today's show, the Blazers held exit interviews or what passes as exit interviews in this day and age. On Monday, uh, back at the Rose Garden, Joe Cronin sort of revealed, or at least gave the larger shapes of what the Blazers' off-season plan will be. Revealed at least enough that we kind of know the direction. We'll talk about that from, from Cronin, and then we'll close the show, talk and play in the 7-8 game to determine who's the 7th seed, and more importantly, who would play on Friday in the winner of a, in the second game of the, of the play-in leg. That might determine the Blazers' future. We'll look at, we will look at all things Clippers-T-Wolves to close the show, but let's start with Joe Cronin. Uh, the Blazers held X interviews today at, at the Motor Center. Uh, four people talked. <laughs> it wasn't always like this. It was Chauncey Billups, Joe Cronin. You're always going to get the coach and the GM. And then it was Josh Hart and Anthony Simons. Uh, Dame just didn't want to do it. <laughs> that, that's the easiest read on this. Dame just didn't want to do it. And respect to him, I, he, I, I guess he doesn't have to. Um, but uh, Nurk and Dame would have been more, not more, but certainly interesting to hear from. You want to hear from the sort of principal characters. And I would say Josh Hart and Anthony Simons are sort of secondary characters. Ant is going to be a principal character here in the future. But the, the listen. If you're going to the offseason, you want to hear from one person. That one person is Damian Lillard. I think that is fair enough. I'm not even like, I'm not even necessarily criticizing Dame's choices, right? Like, I am saying that in the past, I've covered a lot of these in, in my time, uh, in, in eight seasons around the team. You just, you would hear from the star. Um, you would. Uh, times change. The sort of nature of NBA media has changed a little bit. Um, the era is just, it's just a different time. So you don't hear from him. Not that Dame was going to say anything like super interesting or revealing, but he has been such a consistent and solid voice that when you hear his opinion on what's next for the franchise heading into a massively important summer, we would have spent the whole damn show talking Dame. Uh, so maybe I'm coming at it from a content creator's perspective, but, but really the news here is what Cronin said. And Cronin revealed a couple things. He revealed two things. I want to talk about them in today's show. One, he talked about the Blazers' core. And when he talked about the Blazers' core, he mentioned Damian Lillard. You would expect him to do so. He mentioned Josh Hart. You would expect him to do so based on trading for Josh Hart and everything he said. There was a, you know, a story that a friend of the program, Jason Quick, wrote in The Athletic where Cronin basically said, this team's looking for more Josh Hart's. If you're looking for more Josh Hart's, you're not going to get rid of the one. You're not going to get rid of the Josh Hart you already have at home. Uh, so those those names you'd expect. Not a surprise that he mentioned Anthony Simons, but notably he's uh, entering restricted free agency. And not a surprise that he mentioned uh, uh, use of Nurkic, but notably use of Nurkic is entering unrestricted free agency. He also mentioned Nazir Little and Justice Winslow as the team's core. That's the team's core six players. That makes total sense. Like that is not a surprise, right? Those are the Blazers' core six players. But what it really indicates is that that's the group they're going to build with. He wouldn't name check Justice Winslow if Justice Winslow was going to be trade fodder. It doesn't mean that Winslow's, you know, an absolute lock not to get traded. When deals come up, you might, things might change, right? But you don't name check Justice Winslow if he's 
in line to be included down, you know, in a deal down the line. He's part of the Blazers' plan for, for the future. You don't name check use uh, of Nurkic if there's any chance that you'll let him get away. You also don't shut Nurk down for the season unless you have some sort of handshake deal to give him a long-term multi-year extension. All of the signs point to Nurk coming back. All of the signs point to Ant coming back. And what it really did was reveal what Joe's plan is, what Cronin's plan is, and what the franchise's plan is. They're going to build around those six six gentlemen who they see as sort of a core part of their identity and the and the core part of who can play moving forward. One thing that Joe Cronin did not do is he didn't really name check any of the young guys. He was, you know, specifically asked about them and he said he was proud of them, but he didn't he didn't drop anyone's name. And he was specifically asked about Trenton Watford and he, he talked a little about him, uh, you know, performing well enough to deserve an NBA contract and all those things. But it's not like he name checked Keon Johnson or Greg Brown. Those guys were young parts and, and in many ways a means to an end. Um, it's a bummer that that's how they were treated this year by the team, but that's it, it is what it is. Uh, in, a, in a normal season, they just wouldn't have played. They, they, they wouldn't have been out there to lose. They just wouldn't have played. That's that's how they would have been a means to an end. They they would have played a significantly. They would not have played at all, basically. Would have pl- played significantly less. Cronin also mentioned Damon Lord, a- Anthony Simons, Josh Hart, and Yusuf Nurkic as a part of the team's leadership core. If he had any reservations about Yusuf Nurkic potentially signing somewhere else, the Blazers are going to give him what he wants. He's going to be part of the team. And Anthony Simons was always going to be part of the team just because guys that talented who are restricted free agents, a restricted free agency means the Blazers will be able to match any offer he's he's given in the open market. Uh, they have his bird rights. They can go over the salary cap. There's basically nothing preventing them from bringing Anthony Simons back. Um, I, you know, potentially if someone gives him a max contract, I think that could give the Blazers some pause. But even then that group's coming back you see that group and Cronin mentioned and I'm quoting here he said that they want to be as competitive as quickly as possible and they're supremely confident in their ability to do that but he also said we don't need to hit a home run right out of the gates to be competitive because he thinks those six players Dame and Josh Hart Nurk Nas and Justice Winslow he thinks those six players are the sort of the beginning shape of a competitive basketball team. I agree with him. Relatively competitive basketball team. I think that's like a fringe playoff six right there. You add the right type of parts around them, and then you're you're getting there, right? Then you're getting close. So how do you get close? How do you get there? Well, the Blazers have some trade exceptions. They've got potentially two draft picks. They've got... Um, you know, he talks about maneuvering for cap space. If they don't get rid of Josh Hart and uh, and Yusuf Nurkic, they don't really have an avenue towards cap space. So that's a little bit overblown. I mean, they could probably carve out a small amount of cap space, so a small amount of money to spend, but not like um, meaningful money and not meaningful money to the point where they would do that because they'd have more money if they stay over the cap and use their mid-level exception. And um, non-taxpayer mid-level exception is going to be going to be their best avenue towards towards paying someone a bunch of money as opposed to trying to open up you know, the equivalent in cap space. That's that's just some cap minutia for you. They're going to be an over-the-cap team, and they're going to keep those six players on the roster. So what do they do? How do they fix this? How do they get better? How do they be, be competitive right away? Because they don't want, they're not, they're not going to be an extended rebuild. They're not going to be a team that values youth necessarily. Cronin said as much. Veterans help you win more. So how do they do that? Let's talk about that in the second segment. How do they get good? Cronin gave us an outline of how do they get good 
at his media day press conference where he spoke to the press for 20 minutes. But before we get there, let's talk about prize picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. I've played prize picks. I think if you try it, you will like it too. I use the app. They've got an award-winning app, but you can also go to prizepicks.com if you want to do and, and, and how it works. If you want to do it, here's how it works. Two to five players. You create an entry you, between two and five players in the entry, and you're just picking the over-under based on the projections that prize pick sets. So that's points, rebounds, assists, steals. If you don't want to do basketball, you can cross over to other sports, uh, whatever it might be to do cross-sport entries. But I'm a basketball guy. I stick with basketball. You make those picks. You pick against the over-unders. If you win, you get paid. You can get quick, fast, easy, and safe withdrawals. It's just it, the, the money's going to come into your bank account quickly. With no concerns, it's a good deal, and it's super easy to make the entries. You can do them under 60 seconds. They're super fast. I've played it a bunch of times on my phone. Um, you know, just before a game, hey, let's pick some, let's make a prize picks entry. Let's get five players, pick the over-unders. Super simple, easy way to win. And right now, how about this? For if you use if you play as a first-time user today and go to prizepicks.com or use the app to play and you enter the promo code NBA when you're signing up for your first ever entry, they will give you 50 free dollars into your account as long as the player on your first entry scores one point. So put Carl Anthony Towns on there. Put Anthony Edwards on there. Put Paul George on there. Those gentlemen are going to score one point. You're going to get a free 50 bucks into your account when you use that promo code MBA. That's prize picks, daily fantasy made easy. Today's show is also brought to you by betonline.net. Right now at BetOnline, your Minnesota Timberwolves are favored minus 130 at the time of record. So if you want to bet on the favorites in the Western Conference play-in game tomorrow, T-Wolves, betonline.net could be could be the place. Um, if you want to bet on the underdog, you could win some money betting on the Clippers to win a road game and advance to the playoffs as a seven seed and face the Grizzlies. Do I want to see Clippers-Grizzlies? I do. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of fun. So maybe I'll go to bet online and, and play some money on, on the Clippers. Bet with my heart and maybe not with my brain necessarily. If you don't want to bet on the NBA, you'll find all the other sports there. Plus... You'll find more lines, more props, more odds than anywhere else. So go ahead, take advantage of this day. Go to betonline.net, and that's BetOnline, where the game starts. Still a pass for his point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Let's talk a little bit about what Joe Cronin uh Joe Cronin gave us a little bit. He 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 gave us an outline. Not necessarily more than an outline of kind of what's what's to come and what what next looks like, but he gave us an outline of from the core six he kind of talked about to whatever's next with this group. And whatever's next with this group is draft picks, right? Like why we're going to talk about the play-in game is because if the Pelicans miss the playoffs, the Blazers are going to be armed with likely, very likely, obviously there's some more to it than that. We'll talk about maybe at some other point, but the basics of it, the Blazers are likely to have two lottery picks if the Blazers or if the Pelicans miss the playoffs. Two lottery picks, a $22 million trade exception, the mid-level exception, the biannual exception, a little smaller trade exception, um, and some obvious needs. The Blazers have a path forward. They want to be competitive. He talked, Cronin talked about that they had to, in his opening remarks, that they had to take a step backward to take a step forward, but they want to be competitive right away. They want to be, they want to be good in the fall. Uh, we've been talking about this since before the trade deadline when I thought the Blazers were going to maybe trade for vets to try to thread the needle of being, you know, bad now and good in the fall. They just said, screw it. 
we'll shut out. We'll trade for some vets and shut everyone down. We'll be really bad now. But they want to be good in the fall. That has not changed. That has not changed. They have an interest in being competitive. So what is that going to look like? Well, Cronin talked about a couple things. One, he wants, if they do end up with two lottery picks, he wants to maximize the pick. And I thought this was pretty interesting. Said over the next three or four weeks, he's really going to dive into the draft to figure out what the value of that pick is. And that's not just like how good are the prospects in the top 10. That is how good, you know, say you say you get the ninth pick in the draft for the Pelicans. How good are the options at nine versus how much value could you get if you trade nine plus some stuff to get better? What is the value of that pick? Is it more valuable to have a good rookie at nine? Someone you think, man, Tari Eason's going to change this team. I don't know if Eason's going to be around at nine, but just to throw a name out there for the real heads. Uh, is is, is Tari Eason going to change the direction of this team such that it's worth just going ahead and picking him? Or do we not value that? We don't value a rookie defensive ace from LSU and we veterans help you win. And Cronin said, and I think he said plainly, and I think this is where he started to tip his hand with where the, what the Blazers are going to do. I don't think there's like, this wasn't like he's, uh, the previous guy, Neil Olshay was a bit of an overshare. He would kind of like, uh, if you got him talking, he maybe would just like lay it out uh, in front of you, the like sort of the openly his plan. I don't think Cronin was doing this. I think he was being honest because he's very measured in the way he speaks. You can, if you watch the um, the press conference, he he is thoughtful and measured in the way he speaks. He's 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 um, he chooses his words specifically. And what he said was that he didn't want to play both sides, saying like, well, maybe we'll trade the pick if we get, uh, maybe we'll draft a rookie. He said, let's let's you know, let's be honest. You are more likely to win with veteran players than young players. So that will definitely be part of our decision-making process. He knows vets help you win and they want to win. If they get the ninth overall pick, they're going to trade it for a vet. Maybe not, because maybe you don't have that, right? Maybe you don't. Maybe the Jeremy Grant thing never happens. Maybe the other vets that are out there aren't as appealing as the Blazers. You know, that's why you're developing the value, right? Or the sort of getting a sense of what the value is vis-a-vis the trade market and also your evaluation of draft prospects. That uh, Cronin said he is, he's been impressed with the depth, but every GM is going to say they're impressed with the depth. I think that was an honest thing from him, but no GM is going to be like, yeah, you know, after about six, this draft sucks and we have seven, so we're screwed. Like, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Not gonna, certainly not going to happen two months before draft night. So, to me, I think you heard it there when he said it. If they end up with two lottery picks, he will work to trade the Pelicans lottery pick for a veteran that can help him, help them win right away. Dame's here and he wants to be good and he's going to turn 32 in July. A 19-year-old doesn't help 32-year-old Damian Lillard get the most out of his next two years. You could argue that it's a healthier way to approach team building, right? Like you, you really could. You could argue that it's a healthier way to approach team building. But it's not. You can't argue that a 19-year-old is going to be better than a proven NBA commodity next season. Um, the NBA vets win. Rookies are generally bad. Pretty much, even the best rookies are generally bad. Uh, that is. That's how it works. Like, very few rookies help you win games unless they're in a a specific situation that would that would allow them to do so. So, Cronin, he didn't say it, but he said it. If you can read between the lines, and if you're following here on on Lockdown Blazers, like. He, the Blazers will look to shop that pick if they get it. It is it is an open secret that we've all known, but Cronin said it out. He said the obvious part out loud today, and if you were willing to listen, 
He confirmed what you think. The Blazers are going to go try to get a veteran. If they end up with two lottery picks, they're going to go try to get a veteran with that second pick. But he also mentioned just like what they need and how hard it might be to get there. And I thought he was honest and earnest in this and in, in getting there. It's like he mentioned like the four days, the, the, the one week that the Blazers season was actually fun. February 9th to February 16th, 2022. You recall it well. It was the four games leading into the All-Star break the Blazers made. They After the trade deadline, they won four straight games without Damon Lord. It was Ant and, and, and Josh Hart and Justice Winslow and Nurk and, and C.J. Ellaby starting some of those games. And they were they played the best basketball they had played all season. They were fun. They beat a couple good teams, including Memphis heading into the break. And it was like, okay, this thing works. And that was all they needed to see. They shut that shit down. <laughs> Nurk did not play a game for the rest of the year. Um, Anthony Simons played four more games. Josh Hart played something like six more games. That was that. Peace out. That would, They did not. They weren't going to mess around. They, they felt like if that wasn't proof of concept, it was proof that they can get somewhere close to it. It was like, hey, this is going to work. Let's go ahead and lose and then figure out how it can work later. And and Cronin, Cronin says, you know, th- that four games, while it's a small sample size, that's kind of what we think we can be. And so what do you have to add to that? Well, you need better defenders and you need more length. He said that basically if you want to be competitive in this league, you got to flirt with a top 10 defense. Or you got to convince yourself that the offense is going to be so electric that if you're a top... Um, you know, if you're not a top 10 defense, you're often so electric and that if you're top 15, you can carry yourself to be competitive. I don't think you can win a title unless you're one of the 10 best defenses in the league, but I think the Blazers could be really freaking good if they're the second, first or second best offense in the league and like 14th on defense. Like they're going to be awesome. I kind of thought they were going to approach that this year and boy, was I wrong. Uh, I think pretty much everyone Blazer land was wrong about that as well. Um, except for the real haters out there. Shout out to y'all. Uh, so, um, the question, and, and this is a direct quote from Joe Cronin, is what does the supporting cast look like? And that's the question for the offseason. He believes in Ant heavily. They're going to pay in a bunch of money. He believes in Dame heavily. I think they're going to give Damon Lillard a $100 million contract extension. I truly believe that is going to happen when the Blazers enter free agency. That's Those are my guesses. They're going to pay Nurk. So then you're locked into a core. That feels a little bit like the previous regime. Bang, 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 Nurk seems like something that the previous regime would do. The question that's going to separate Cronin from the previous regime is what does the supporting cast look like? And he acknowledged it. They got to get bigger. They got they need more depth up front. They need more, no more and better defenders because the complementary parts, you say, Every time it's so damn good on offense. Uh, Damon Lode at his peak was one of the five best offensive players in the league. Dude is an offensive engine unto himself. You throw those dudes out there with Yusuf Nurkic set and, set and picks, you're going to be great on offense. If you're healthy, you're going to be great on offense. What does the rest of it look like? They believe in Josh Hart. They believe in Nazir Little. They believe in Justice Winslow, but that's not a, that is not a second-round playoff team, th- those six guys. That's not the core of a second-round playoff team. It's the core of a decent team. The rest of the supporting cast is what Cronin will do this summer. And he was open and honest about it. He's going to figure out what the draft pick is worth. He's going to say, these are our six guys. How do we complement those six guys? Well, you look at those six guys, the Blazers need, um, you know, another center and two more forwards. They need size. They need length. They need defenders. They could use a little bit more shooting for my money too, if that's their core with Nas and Justice Winslow. Cronin gave the blueprint. Not a secret. He didn't reveal any secrets, and I don't mean to paint this as like, I Mike Richmond has uncovered the Rosetta Stone or whatever. Nah, 
I just listened and I want and I wanted to relay the big parts, the parts that I heard loudest when I listened. I did not, um, I did not attend a media day, but I did watch it on Trailblazers YouTube. Shout out to the, shout out to the TBI, my, my good, my good friends there. Uh, it's, he laid out the blueprint. He gave you the goods. What's coming next. It's a challenge to get from, from where they are to where they want to be, but they're going to go for it. And if I'll credit with Cronin with anything, the man's got a plan. Is the plan going to work? <laughs> Probably not. It's hard to build a good team in the NBA. But he has a plan. From the moment he took over, he has executed aggressively a direction of this franchise. And if nothing else, it's good to see someone in charge with a direction that isn't like, yeah, we'll be sixth again. The Blazers might end up sixth again. Let's be clear. They might end up sixth again. But the direction isn't, yeah. All right, we'll be six. All right, we'll be fine. The direction is let's lose like hell, let's maximize our chances, and let's go into the summer with a chance to achieve our goal, which is we have to get better around the core we've built. And open and honest about the supporting cast determining the ceiling of the Dame and Ant backcourt. Props to Joe Cronin for being honest. Props to Joe Cronin for being open and with clear about the plan and the direction of the team. I guess now. <laughs> The next two months, three months, um, even six before the season starts, we'll see what he does with it. Should be fascinating. But I thought the I thought Monday's exit interview gave us a little insight into what's next. All right, to close out the show, it's playing time, y'all. The Blazers haven't played an important game in a long time, but an important game that impacts the Trailblazers is coming Tuesday night at Target Center in Minnesota. Let's talk about Clippers T-Wolves to close the show because it has an impact on what's going to happen with the Blazers' future and Joe Cronin's blueprint. That is for sure. But before we do that, let me tell you about rockauto.com. It is simply the fastest and, excuse me, it is it is the family business that has been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They specialize in helping you, folks who work on your car. If you're someone who is capable of doing that, you can save time and you can save money when you're using rockauto.com. Let me tell you a little story. Uh, I needed new windshield wipers in my car. It is, um, we're in wild weather here in Portland. It, it was 80 degrees on Thursday. It was snowing when I woke up this morning and then pouring down rain all day. And I needed new windshield wipers between Thursday and, uh, and Monday morning. It was a weekend where I needed to go to windshield wipers. And I did a dumb thing. I went to a chain auto parts store. And guess what? They didn't have it. They did not have what I was looking for. They did not have the windshield wipers that I needed for my 2008 Subaru Outback. Yes, I live in Portland. You guessed that right. But you know who did? RockAuto.com. So I went to their website. I found exactly what I needed in a few easy clicks. And I got delivered directly to my door. I could have saved time. And I did save money if I just listened to my own damn ad. So don't make the same mistake I did. Just go to rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your car or truck. And while you're there, make sure you write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box. That way they will know I, me, someone who learned his own lesson, sent you there. It's amazing selection with live low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Still a pass for his point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Is playing time, y'all. The Blazers, the most important game of the last two months, three months, all year of the Blazers season happens Tuesday night at the Target Center when the Minnesota Timberwolves, your seventh-seeded Minnesota Timberwolves, host the eighth-seeded Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, 
Game's a little early for my taste, 5.30 p.m., uh, uh, but hey, that's what you get for living on this side of the country. Uh, you might have to get off work early to watch the games. Uh, the winner is the seventh seed in the playoffs. The loser plays Friday in, in a chance to be the eighth seed. This is big because on Wednesday, this is uh, this you're listening on to Tuesday, April 12th show, but on Wednesday, April 13th, the Pelicans and Spurs will play, and whoever wins that game will play the loser of this uh, Clippers Wolves game to decide who gets the eighth and final playoff seed. If the Pelicans win that game, if they win Wednesday night and they win Friday, they're in the playoffs, and the Blazers do not get their draft pick. The Blazers will get a 2025 first round pick from the Milwaukee Bucks that is one through four protected. The Bucks, for my money, are probably going to be really stinking good in 2025, unless Giannis Antetokounmpo leaves town. It is way worse for the Blazers in the future of the franchise if they don't get a draft pick from the Pelicans. That blueprint we talked about, the blueprint doesn't really exist with one lottery pick. It it does. Like, the, the Blazers will still try to be good and all of those things, but the, the path gets much more challenging. So this game is huge. It's huge. It's incredibly important for the Blazers. This is an incredibly important game because you want everyone to stay healthy and, and you want... Um, you know, I guess you want whoever wins, right, to be in the loser's bracket, but that's not how it works. But you want to, this is going to matter. Whoever loses this game is going to matter. You're going to be a, become immediately a massive fan of this team, unless Seattle's own DeJounte Murray uh, helps helps y'all out, helps helps all of Rip City out. Um, Wolves, Wolves Clippers should be a lot of fun. Um, for my money, uh, well, for my money, let's just, let's, Put it where it's at. For my money, betonline.net has the Wolves as a, a two and a half point favorite at home. So, like I said, it's a minus one thirty for the um, for the for the Wolves uh, and minus two and a half. That's betonline.net. You can more lines, more props, more odds than anywhere else. So you can go uh, you can go make your bet on the Wolves if you want to if you want to bet on the favorite. And obviously, the reverse of that is where you can make some money betting on the dogs, uh, the Clippers. You know, Paul George is back. The Clippers won six of seven to close the year. Uh, you know, it's hard to judge what the clips are because they just haven't had Paul George because he missed more than half the season. But since he's been back, he's looked really good. They've got Norman Powell back. He's looked pretty darn good since he's been back. Uh, they're, they're formidable. Like this is the core of a team that made the Western Conference Finals last year. It's not the same. Uh, it's, it's, it's not like an apples to apples comparison, but this is the, this is the core of a group, um, that absolutely got there. You got, you know, add Norman, add Robert Covington and, and subtract a few guys and then, you know, no Serge Ibaka. And this is, I guess he didn't play in the end of the playoffs, but like, this is basically the group that did it. Uh, shout out to Mr. April Re- uh, Reggie Jackson. So, you know, the wolves have been on a tear, like the Clippers have lost six of one, six, of seven heading, heading into the, um, Heading into the playing round, but the Wolves have just been really good, really good. Uh, early in the year, they were an elite defensive team. They've fallen off a little bit defensively, but the offense has taken a step up since the All Star break. They're third in net rating according to the NBA.com. They've been really good. Their defense has fallen to 13th. They're just an above average defense. At one point, they were a top defense in the league. They were a top five defense in the league for for you know almost 10 weeks of the season. Like they were really good, and then it kind of fell apart in the second half of the year. The defense fell off. For me, the key matchup here is that Carl Anthony Towns, Wolves center, has a better advantage against Avita Zubac and Isaiah Hartenstein, the, the Clippers' two centers, as as the Wolves' best offensive player. He has a, a more favorable matchup than the than Paul George, the Clippers' best offensive player, has against the length of, of Minnesota's various defenders they could throw at him, including my boy Jared Vanderbilt. 
you know, McDaniels and, and Vanderbilt and a little bit of Pat Bev being annoying. Um, you can, you see why they were at one point a pretty darn good uh, defensive team. They've, they've got some length and some athletes out there to get after it. So I think like sometimes basketball is as simple as this, right? It's like, if your best player has an advantage, you're going to win. I think the T-Wolves best player has a slightly better advantage than the Clippers best player. I would lean T-Wolves. What does that mean for Friday's game against the, if the Pelicans win? We'll see and we'll talk about it on Thursday show heading or Thursday evening show for it heading into Friday show. Like we will preview all of that if, if it comes to that. But I think the Wolves are rightly favored. I think there's some money to be made. Maybe, um, maybe, maybe betting on the dogs because I, I think this is a pretty close matchup. Uh, you know, the, the, looking at the season series, Paul George missed a bunch of the games, a couple of games. So, like, it's, it's not to me, it's not meaningful. Um, so look at those matchups, but I just think like if you're talking about player on player, I think I think Towns has a better one than PG. So maybe you're hoping that Norman Powell and Reggie Jackson get loose because you can't guard everybody. I think the X factor in this game is absolutely Anthony Edwards uh, for the T-Wolves. When Ant is good, the T-Wolves are basically unbeatable. When he's good and efficient and making shots and being aggressive and getting to the rim and getting to the foul line, they're basically unbeatable. When he's not making shots and he's being not being as aggressive attacking the rim, their offense, which can be awesome, is just kind of eh, it's kind of mediocre. Um, you know, when they've when they've had some rough patches, like the defense has taken a real step back for sure. But it's been the it's been the lack of elite offense that has lost him games. Anthony Edwards is the X factor for me. If Ant is really good, the Wolves are going to win. If Norman Powell's really good, the Clippers are going to win. So maybe it comes down to the to two shooting guards, right? But for me, it's Ant. Ant is going to be the swing factor in this game. If Ant, um, you know, that's that's big. Ant, who once subjected to Anthony Simons being called Ant, uh, but take it up with Anthony Simons mother. Uh, that's that's just what it where it came from. Uh, like if if Ant is good, the Wolves are going to win. And if Ant isn't as good as he can be, the Clippers have a darn good shot at winning this game. And whoever loses, whoever loses, mind you. Rip City, mind you, Blazers fans, mind you, dear listener, you immediately become a huge fan of them. If the Clippers lose, you're a huge Clippers fan. You better believe. They got four Blazers on the roster. Shout out to shout out to Roddy Hood and Nico Batum. Like they they, they got some they they got a lot of former Blazers wings, and you can become a big fan of them. If if they win though, and they are seventh, you're a big fan of of uh, of Jake Layman's T Wolves. It's immediately you become a big fan of Jake Layman's T Wolves. That's just how it works. Whoever loses this game, you got to get your pennant out and hope they win Friday because I think the Pelicans are going to beat the Spurs on Wednesday night. That's our show. We got more shows coming this week. We'll preview Pelican Spurs, a massive game in tomorrow's show. We'll talk a little bit about the rest of the Blazers offseason and what it might look like. It's going to be a bunch of fun. Five days a week, available wherever you get podcasts. Tell your friends, come back for more. Just search Lockdown Blazers wherever you're looking for us, and you will absolutely find us. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.